0: Now, let's, let's take some time today to dig into uh, an interesting topic that, that I find has a few more layers than I might have originally expected. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Jim Mitchell. And today we're going to talk about uh, your driving privileges, or more accurately, how you might lose those privileges. Now, naturally, you don't want to rely solely on me to get useful information on this legal topic. For that, we uh, we rely on someone with the right amount of experience. And so we're fortunate today to have with us Attorney James Doerr. Uh James is an associate at Lavelle Law Limited, very well versed in matters of criminal law like this. So we'll count on his assistance to, uh, to hopefully better understand our topic and kind of get into some of the details behind it. So um, we will jump right in there. Um, uh, Jim, it's been a while since we've talked, so welcome back to the podcast, first of all.
1: Jim, it's great to be back.
0: Um, now, I would have thought as I looked at this topic that we'd be talking about in my mind what a judge can do to impact driving privileges, but correct me here, it looks like really what we're talking about is more in the jurisdiction of the Secretary of State.
1: Well, that's correct. Well, what what happens when uh, results in court are reported, um, if there's a uh, judge enters a conviction or a disposition on uh, a case that can impact your driver's privileges? Um, the Clerk's office will notify the Secretary of State, and the Secretary of State's office will take the appropriate action. So they are the ones uh, the secretary himself is in charge of the actual license and the licensing and suspension or revocation of those privileges
0: and And great point you just made there because um again, you know, I always look at these topics before we start to think, all right these are ways that someone can can lose a license, but you just differentiated. There are some cases in which, it might be suspended in other cases in which it might be revoked. And we'll talk a little bit about the differences today.
1: Yes, yes, we will.
0: Okay. so let's let's kind of work our way through um, you know some of the things that that might start to have an impact and might cause the Secretary of State to to take action. we'll We'll try and get as many of them as we can. but let, let's start with you know the most common. And and I'm going to guess here. Tell me again if if I'm on the right track or not. Would that be multiple moving violations? Is that something that um, is going to drive yeah, the uh, traffic the violations in money?
1: general? I would say are the most likely candidate for a super, for a suspension or a revocation. Uh, most common. You're correct. Okay. And uh, you know, let's
0: let's walk through what what some of those might be in terms of um, traffic violations. Is it is it based on uh, a certain number or a certain severity that would cause this to happen?
1: Uh, severity can. Uh, say there's uh, you know street racing or drag racing, um, multiple DUIs, they can lead to revocations of driving privileges. So in, in those cases, um, it's possible for even one incident to cause a revocation. And in that case, um, the Secretary of State would have to reinstate the license after a hearing process. Um, so there's no simple... Um, your license is suspended, or, or it you won't be driving until this period of time passes. It's you know they'll give you a one-year revocation, but you know, revocation doesn't end automatically. They have to reinstate mm-hmm. your privileges upon a he- you know after the hearing process.
0: Okay, and and as opposed to severity, what about frequency? If you have so many violations, does that also come into
1: play? Right. Uh, generally, it's three or more moving violations in a in a. One-year period or a 12-month period. Um, there's a differentiation between 12 months or calendar year, but let's just keep it, you know, short and sweet. Okay. So, three moving violations where convictions have been entered.
0: Okay, and and if you have an instance in which you are expected to be in court for perhaps one of these types of violations and you don't show up, does that trigger a response uh, from the Secretary of State?
1: The court has, uh, the clerk's office has numerous things they can do to to get people either to show up in court or to pay their fines. And one of those things they do is, is notify the Secretary of State to suspend the license. So that tends to get people moving to rectify the situation. So either uh, paying un, un unpaid fines, uncollected fines with the clerk's office, or failure to appear for a traffic violation. Um, what can happen is a conviction will enter, and then the uh, Secretary of State will suspend the license upon being notified. Okay, and
0: and it's funny because you mentioned fines. We've talked so far about traffic violations, which I assume you know are moving violations. Would those fines also come in the form of parking tickets? I mean, can you can you have a uh, problem with your license if you build up too many parking tickets?
1: That that's true. Parking violations. That that is another common cause of suspensions. Um, some pretty detailed rules on that, depending on if it's in Chicago or not, but just to loosely say parking violations, if they're unpaid after a certain amount of time and a certain amount of them add up, can lead to a suspension. And the Secretary of State's office would um, would require the driver to actually you know, clear up that situation before clearing that suspension. Okay. So,
0: so we've hit a few here that, 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 as I said, were probably the most common, but I, I know there's at least a handful of others, kind of walk us through the list of other things that um, uh, might cause uh, some sort of suspension or potentially having a license revoked. What are some of the other top categories?
1: Well, it seems like we always talk about DUIs, but DUIs is one of those areas where there can be both a suspension and a revocation depending on what happens with with the underlying offense, so there could be a statutory summary suspension that happens upon either failing a breath test or refusing a breath test. And ultimately, a license can be subject to revocation upon a conviction. So that's a pretty common basis right there. Mm-hmm. Um, something else would be tollway violations. A lot of people uh, wouldn't expect, um, you know, unpaid uh, tolls to suspend a license, but as after a certain amount of time and a certain number of violations, uh, that can also suspend your license.
0: Okay. And are there things outside of the realm of of driving um we've talked in in other podcasts with some of your peers when we're talking about family law or some other instances um what about things like failure to you know to meet your alimony or child support payments
1: right the, the child support that's that's another one that's a pretty pretty um it's it's a good motivator to get people to pay child support the the, the possible suspension of the of the license and that's part of what's behind the you know, the, the provisions under the law to collect the, the child support. So that's that's a fairly common uh, uh, way to get suspended right there, not paying child support. Um, that's something a little bit out of my practice mm-hmm. area, but I know it does cause suspensions, and there are ways to clear that up as well. Um, also, unsatisfied uh, judgments, like, uh, say, for example, uh, an accident where a driver was not insured, that could lead to a suspension as well. And the Secretary of State's office would would require uh, proof of either SR twenty two insurance and the fact that the judgment has been satisfied, or, um, in the case of an accident, maybe that the driver wasn't at fault. But there's 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 ways to clear up those suspensions um, depending on the facts of it. Okay.
0: Well, we're we're talking to Attorney James Dore today uh, of Lavelle Law Limited, uh, going kind of step by step through some of the violations that can lead the Secretary of State to suspend or revoke a driver's license. Uh, obviously, as always, um, uh, our guest has been very helpful so far. If you'd like to get a little bit more information on this, um, you can very easily find some articles authored uh, by James. That's at com under the Media tab, uh, and including an article he just posted uh, about a week or so ago that provides a Interesting analysis on a recent DUI case, um, great, great amount of detail there in a, in a good read. Um, now, we talked about some of these things that would occur um, that would impact your ability to drive. But clearly, if you're not in court or you're just ignoring tickets and other things, you you aren't necessarily having direct contact. So if, if your license is revoked or suspended, are there ways that you would be notified or how would you go about finding out?
1: The secretary of state should notify any driver upon the suspension of the driver's license, or that the driver's license will be suspended at a certain date, and that, that notice would be sent to the address that's, been, uh, that's on the driver's license itself. So it doesn't necessarily get forwarded to you. Something to keep in mind. Right. Um, but to get to the, to answer the question of, uh, say, somebody's asking, is my license suspended right now, or what's the status? Um, the easiest thing to do is go to any uh, driver's license facility and get what's called a driving abstract or a court purpose abstract. And there's a form that, that can be filled out there, and it's also available online uh, at the Secretary of State's office uh, or Jesse White's website, uh, Cyber Drive Illinois. Um, and, that, and that would, uh, any uh, experienced traffic lawyer could look at that driving abstract and determine what's wrong, uh, why is the license suspended or revoked, and what's going to be required uh, to be reinstated. Yeah, tell me about that process.
0: Uh, if you if you find yourself in this situation sure. and suddenly say, "Okay, I've, I've got to do something now to get get back," um, what is the process like, and how how difficult can it be?
1: Um, well, the process starts with getting a copy of the driving record. So, like I said, that's it, a uh, the form itself is available at any driver's license facility. You go in, fill out the form, um, give them twelve dollars because that's the cost to to print it out for you and bring that to a lawyer. And any lawyer can look at that abstract to determine what the, what the problem is that the motorist is having. So is it a suspension? What's the basis of the suspension? Is it a revocation? Okay. At that point, once we figure out what the problem is, then we know we, the, we can develop a plan of attack to solve the problems there, remedy them, and get the person driving again.
0: And was that again? We don't have time to today to go into all the details. But would the steps to get it back vary based on the transgression? I assume that parking tickets might be different than a DUI, and just in general terms.
1: Exactly, Jim. Uh, the uh, depending on the severity of the problem, uh, it could, you know, it could be as simple as one uh, unpaid traffic citation, or it could be very complex. It could be also numerous uh, problems. You know, it could be a failure to pay child support, along with. Uh, an unsatisfied judgment along with, say, a DUI, with a suspension that was never cleared up or a reinstatement fee was never paid. So something to keep in mind with suspensions, too. They don't automatically end generally at at the date they're supposed to end. Let's say it's a one-year suspension. Um, Mm -hmm. Normally, the Secretary of State's office requires a reinstatement fee to reinstate the license. So that has to be paid or the license just stays suspended. Uh, something to keep in mind there, and, and the amount to pay varies with the reasons for the suspension. So, as as much as it
0: sounds like I could walk into the secretary of state's office and and uh, pay my twelve dollars and, and get a copy of this, um, it doesn't sound like uh, the average citizen ought to be trying to kind of work their way through this on their own. And, and the the value of having an experienced attorney would would probably be pretty significant in this case.
1: Yeah, it can be a confusing process. I mean, sometimes I see abstracts that, that don't make sense, um, you know, with, with, its, with, with the information that's on there. So um, it, abstract is a great starting point. It's uh, essential to know what's on the driving record because that's what we're concerned with. But um, it can be confusing. So absolutely a qualified traffic lawyer could take a look and certainly help in the process. Okay. Well,
0: uh, when we mention qualified traffic lawyer, that's uh, James Dorr, among many other things, and I want to thank him for being with us today. As I mentioned uh, a little bit earlier, uh, LavelleLaw.com, I think, is the place you want to stop to pick up not only information about uh, Jim and the other attorneys on staff, but uh, uh, some great articles you can read through, and uh, all of our past podcasts are there. So um, if you want to listen to any of the previous topics we've discussed over the last four years, you can find them. You can do the same on iTunes and, of course, here on, on Blog Talk Radio as well. And if you want interaction with uh, uh, Attorney Jim Door, 847-705-7555 is the place you can uh, get a hold of Jim and maybe find out a little bit more about this and, and a number of other topics uh, for which you might need some legal assistance. And we're back each week here with uh, another conversation, new topics and uh, different views each and every week. So I hope you'll join us uh, on Chicago's Legal Latte. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at